We're going to be in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. So find 2 Timothy. We'll be there first. But last week we talked about the walk. The walk is a very Christianese term. We talked about that a little bit. But basically the walk begins with Christ's grace. Without the grace of Jesus, the walk means nothing. So this week, we're going to talk about what we do now that we have Christ's grace. We have the grace of Christ, but what do we do now? Well, my argument today, argument or sermon, however you want to put that, but my point is we need to train it. Training is important. Let's talk about training in the sports world a little bit. Training in sports is one of the most important things you will do in sports. And there's two ways you train. You train your body and you train your mind. The biggest person that I can think of in recent football history to really complete both of these would be Tom Brady. Now, I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan. I was a Rams fan in the early 2000s when they were in St. Louis. So I don't really like the Patriots or Tom Brady because they beat us. But one thing you can tell is he's trained his body because nobody his age should still be doing what he's doing. But also he's trained his mind. He is one of the most well-educated guys in the sport. He knows defenses. And see, that's the deal. No matter what sport you're playing, no matter what you're doing in life, you have to train certain parts. The same goes to if you work in a factory. The, the saying, work smarter, not harder, comes to mind. Uh, me and one of my friends, he, you know, he, he embodies the work smarter, not harder. He has worked with boxes and shipping and all this stuff. And he came and helped me move a while back. Uh, back when we moved in December to our new home. Uh, and what he did with my stuff made me seem silly that I was doing it totally and utterly wrong. He himself moved, I think, my entire bedroom. Whereas it would have taken me and another guy lifting it and brute forcing it. He worked smarter. He had the brute force. He's a strong guy. But he didn't need to only use his force because he also used his mind. So let's talk about this in a Christian standpoint. Training in a Christian standpoint. What do we do? How do we train as a Christian? Well, let me point out two ways we can train. We can train inward and we can train outward. And this might seem odd, um, like a lot of things I say, but... Inward, let's talk about inward for a second. Inward training. Let's flip over it again. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says here, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness. Training in righteousness. See, things like righteousness don't come naturally to most of us. Actually, I would argue all of us. 
we all struggle with things. So we have to train ourselves to do different things. Now, Jeremiah is going to get onto the righteousness part a little more next week. But this week, I want to focus on inward training. All scripture, we're going to focus on scripture and preparing. See, when we read scripture, there's two ways we can read scripture. One, with the body of believers, just like we are doing right now. We open the Bible, we're reading it, we're talking about it. But the other way is personal. It's a personal inward type thought. Now, we've talked in, in the past here at this church about Lectio Divina and, and some other ways we can study Scripture, but I want to focus on just the, the, the necessity of you have to be in Scripture for this inward, inward personal training. How can you know how to serve God if you don't know God in His Scripture? How can you call yourself a Christian if you don't know what God's grace is? And if you feel personally attacked, that's not my goal here. My goal is to just encourage to train yourself to be a greater Christian. I, I use greater lightly. Okay, I, I will explain that here in a little bit. But to improve yourself in Christianity, you have to be reading Scripture. But look at what it is. It's for teaching, rebuking, and correcting. And I want to focus that on inward, us. Rebuke ourselves. Correct ourselves. Teach ourselves Scripture. It's easy. It's in English. You don't even have to learn Greek or Hebrew anymore or Latin. It's all right here in English. First and foremost, in our personal inward training, we must be in the Scripture. Next, the inward training, we have to release control. Now, this one's more interesting. And this is why I say improve or, you know, make yourself a better Christian. To make yourself a better Christian, to make yourself, to train yourself to be better in Christianity, you must lose yourself. You must give pieces of yourself away. You must release your own understanding of how the world works or how God works. See, here's the deal. God calls us children time and time again. And there's a reason he calls us children. I remember when my, well, I don't remember, but I remember the story my mom tells. My mom tells the story of my brother. And in our play box, even when I was born, you know, eight years later, in our play box was a metal set of keys. And they were just old keys from, you know, old houses, old trucks, you know, stuff like that. Just something for kids to play with. Instead of buying the plastic ones, my parents were like, oh, we got all these old keys. We'll just put them on a key ring, give them to the kids. They can play with us. You know, little metal will never hurt anybody. Until it came to wall receptacles. You know, the places you plug in your phone and the wall. Yeah. My brother, my mom, of course, told him, don't stick the keys in here. My brother, being a four-year-old, was like, you know, it looks like a, the slot mom puts the key for start the car. Maybe can start the building. My mom's sitting there at her desk at her office, and all of a sudden, here's a and then a whimper. She goes into the other room to see my brother, wide-eyed and very surprised, ready to cry, but can't quite cry yet because he's in so much pain with the key. That's blackened. And the wall 
that's also blackened. My brother learned an important lesson there today because he thought he was smarter. He thought he knew. He was a child. And see, that is why I believe God purposefully calls us children. See, in Colossians chapter 2, if you want to flip over there with me, this idea of being a child and then growing in faith. I want to think on that because just as we were children, we now grow in faith. We lose certain aspects of our childhood. Some of us even lose our hair. I'm starting to get there, so I'm right behind you if you you feel that one. But we have pieces of us cut off to a certain extent. Our, Our naiveness gets cut off. Our Maybe even our innocence gets cut off. But God does the same thing. He does not allow us to stay the same, just as we talked about last week. But even in our training, we, we cut down, we shave things off to make ourselves better. And God does this for us. But I want to notice a few things here. So let's again, Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in the bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you are also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Through your faith in the working of God. And if you read this a little backwards, through your faith in the workings of God, I want to focus on work. Because God works in us inwardly, just as we work inwardly on ourselves. As we work inwardly, God uses that inward focus, that personal focus, to bring something better out. He starts cutting things off. And we'll talk again next week about some more about this, but I want to focus again, working on yourselves. It's work. It's not easy. It's not simple, but it's very personal. Matthew chapter six. If you want to flip over there as well, Matthew chapter six, Jesus is preaching to a group of people And this is probably a sermon that he preached multiple different times, we believe, but it's it's also something that is very important that can be easily missed. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, he's speaking on prayer. And this is what he says, But when you pray, go into your room, close your door, pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Part of training is to get the rewards of that training. You don't go to the gym just because you want to go to the gym. Like you don't want to socialize there. When I go to the gym, I don't want to see anybody I know. Because when I go to the gym, I get red in the face. I get sweaty. I get ugly personally. Because I'm trying to push myself to better myself. I'm trying to shave off some of these pounds here. I know I haven't been to the gym in a while. But... 
That's what I try to do when I go to the gym. When I go into my prayer time, and when you go into your prayer time, are you ugly with God? And I want to tease this out a little more. Are you getting the rewards of asking God questions? Here's the deal. Jesus was talking about specific people who would go into the temple courts who would pray loudly and and boast about what they were doing. Like, I'm praying to God and I'm being holy. And God doesn't care about showboating. God cares about the hard work you put in when nobody's watching. So do you close that door to your bedroom or maybe you do it in your closet? Maybe you close your door in your closet. Hey, whatever you need to do. But when you do that, are you allowing yourself to work hard with God in those moments? You know, it's, it's, we, we say it's wrestling with God. Because truly, during this time, during COVID, during, you know, the political mess we're in, and you can say we're not in one, but that's okay. I, I believe that. Do you ask God what's going on? You ask God hard questions. You ask God, what should I do? Because if you're not asking God, who's influencing you? Who's training you? During these moments, God is your personal trainer. And you know what you do with your personal trainer? You work hard with them. And they'll push you to be better. And God will push you to be better. Remember, the first way we need to train as Christians is inward. We need to train ourselves. We need to train our hearts. We need to train us. And we do that through scripture and prayer. Scripture and prayer are so key to the Christian walk. And it trains us for the next part. The next part is training outwardly. Go to 2 Timothy. I told you we'd get there eventually. Or sorry, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 4. And I want to notice something out of this. And and maybe you'll notice it before I can get to it. But 2 Timothy, or 1 Timothy, my apologies, 1 Timothy 4, 8 through 10. Says this. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves a trust uh, full acceptance. What that is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the savior of all people and especially of those who believe. Let me read verse 10 one more time. That is why we labor and strive. Labor and strive. If you listened last week, you were like, well, grace covers all and we walk with God. What's labor and striving about walking? Well, here's the deal. The Great Commission is a thing. Matthew chapter 28. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, for all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So go and make disciples and tell all nations about me. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if that doesn't sound like labor and strive, then I challenge you to go do it. Because our inward training prepares us for this outward training. I'm still going to call it training. Because here's the deal. Jesus trained his disciples inwardly. He taught them constantly. He taught them over and over and over again. But then he sent them out. He did a test run. Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out the 72 and he sends them with this message. The kingdom of God is here. Gives them, and he gives them power to do miracles and to cast out demons. And so they go out and they start doing these things and they're like, this is amazing. This is incredible. And he goes, yes. And it's easy to do right now while I'm here. He was preparing them for when he would die. He wouldn't stay dead, but he couldn't stay here either. He had to go prepare the place for us. So he, he died to this physical form. He raised this physical form back to life, but he couldn't stay. And he sent these 72 out when he was still there so they would be prepared for when he wouldn't be here. See, here's the deal. A child needs training wheels. But a child has to try to ride the bike. A child needs the parent's fingers when they're toddling or something to hold on to but the child still needs to choose to stand on its legs. We have to train outwardly as well. We have to tell people about Jesus. If all we do is inward training, what good is that? What good is it to just set yourself aside to be holy yet to be enclosed to never show anybody that holiness? It's useless. It's a knickknack. It's junk. Because James would point out, even the demons believe in Jesus and shudder. You can believe in Jesus all you want, but if you never go out and do anything about it, what's the point? Your faith, where is it at? See, here's the deal. We train outwardly through experiences. And this might seem odd, but this is truth. This is where we're at. Peter, James, John, the disciples, they, they got training to go love on people. Every time they tried to push somebody away from Jesus, and Jesus said, no, no, that's not the point. That was an experience. They learned something. They might have failed, but they learned something. Even after they, they accepted what Jesus taught them, and in the book of Acts, time and time again, we see them go, and they have to experience something to learn something. They have to be trained by doing. 
my wife, she's she teaches other nurses at Freeman Hospital. That's one, one of the things she does there. And one of the ways you teach other nurses is you let them do it. They have the book smart. Now they need the experience. You have the book smart. You know your scriptures. But have you used them? Have you flexed those muscles? So, we have to train ourselves personally and inwardly, but then we also have to train ourselves outwardly. We have to go ahead and talk to that person at work that's maybe not the easiest to talk to. And maybe it's a little bit here and a little bit there, and then it's a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more, and next thing you know, you're having full conversations with them. This is what training is. It's, it's a small buildup to something greater. You don't get results immediately. You can't just read through the entire Bible and then go, I don't know, whatever you think you can do after you read the Bible. Sometimes you have to take baby steps. You have to start somewhere. So maybe there's somebody in your family that just needs some love. Or maybe there's somebody in your family that's fallen away from Christ. Or maybe there's a coworker, or maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood, or maybe there's somebody close to you. Maybe there's somebody even in the church. The church is a very safe place to come talk about Jesus. If you can't talk about Jesus in the church, how can you talk about Jesus outside of it? Train yourself here outwardly. That's fine. That's what we're here for. But we don't just stay in the church. We don't stay in this building. We don't stay in this video. We don't stay in the chat. We have to go out. And maybe that's sending an email. Maybe that's sending a message. Maybe that's sending a Snapchat. Whatever that is for you, you know what you have to do. That's the hard part about starting the training. You know what you have to do. How do you get faster? You run. How do you get stronger? You lift things. How do you do how do you get better at teaching people about Jesus? You teach them. If you are done with the inward personal study, if you do that day in, day out, you are ready for the outward steps. But here's the deal. And this is the tough part that people don't like, and this is why people don't do it. You will fail. Peter did it. Paul did it. Paul, to a certain extent, if you look at his batting average, he probably made more people mad than actually brought them to Jesus. There was more moms, there was more <laughs> angry people at him than probably people that actually followed Jesus because of him. Personally. But because of what Paul did, an entire empire became a Christian nation. Eventually took several hundred years, but the seeds he planted with the other apostles would change the world. But just as faith, you don't always get to see what happens. You have to have faith that God will do what he says he will do. And guess what? His track record's really good. God bats a thousand, even if we don't. God is perfect. 
even if we aren't. Be prepared to fail, but that's okay. You're in good company. I want to leave you with this. We rely on God to heal us. We rely on God's grace to begin the journey. But then God includes us in His story by allowing us to do His will. Do we always get it right? No. But if we continually train inward and continually train outward, God will work on our hearts and the hearts of those around us, and we will see God working in beautiful ways.